An inmate at the Virginia Department of Corrections, Red Onion State Prison. To accept this call, press zero. This is Randall Vaughn. I'm currently serving 1,214 years for capital murder in Red Onion State Prison in Pound, Virginia, in the USA. This is my podcast, Red Onion Randy. I hope you enjoy listening to me today. Today, I'm going to talk about how to properly and safely interact with a prisoner, to correspond with a prisoner, to reach out to a prisoner. And the reason why I'm going to do so is I just had a, a guy reach out to me. Um, I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to say where he's from. And I sent him a letter explaining to him what I'm about to explain to you. My greatest fear, as far as my podcast is concerned, is for someone to think that all prisoners are like me, or most prisoners are like me. They are not. Let me tell you that right now. I'm not just unicorn rare. I'm a two-horn unicorn rare. Like, I'm rare among the rare. I am the only person I know of that is on the path that I'm on in prison. Yes, you have some good guys in prison. You have some good guys in here who wouldn't even think of harming you. They wouldn't think of putting their hands on you. They wouldn't think of coming to your house and robbing you or hurting your family in any form, shape, or fashion. And quite frankly, they would be offended to the highest heavens if anybody thought better of them. However, just because they might not do that doesn't mean that they won't use you. Money is one of the most important things to people in prison, which is why I can get numerous friends of mine that have been writing me for years to come on and verify what I'm about to say. But you have a lot of guys in prison who are decent enough guys, but life is so harsh in here. Life is so messed up in here. The food on the trays. Look, I've talked about this on numerous occasions, so I'm not going to go into detail on it. But if you do not have commissary in prison, if you cannot afford to go to the store in here, which is we call commissary the store, um, and buy some extra food to supplement your diet, you're screwed. I mean, you are going to spend the majority of your life very hungry in here. So a lot of guys, like, they manipulate people. They manipulate their family. They manipulate pen pals and so on and so forth. You know, churches, like, there was this one guy. He's no longer in prison, but, you know, I, I've known him for years, and I did what I could to help him out when I could help him out. But his hustle was he would write churches, and he would tell them this huge, incredible sob story, and I'm like, man, if y'all can just spare 10 or 20 bucks, I would really appreciate it. I mean, it would help me out a lot. You know, I'm trying to save up for this, or I'm trying to get this, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm 115 pounds. You know, and he would not. And he would send out 40 or 50 letters to churches all over. Every single week, this is what this dude would do. This guy would get on the phone and he would just punch in random phone numbers. And sometimes people would just answer because they're like, wait a minute, why is this person calling me? And their curiosity drives them to accept the phone call, and then he'll go into his spiel. Hey, blah, 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 blah. And 
he would run around telling other prisoners, yeah, that's my cookie money. That's my cookie money. Because he'd buy a lot of cookies with it. That's what he preferred to eat. And, like, that's what guys would do. I receive quite a bit of mail, you know, and I, I do my best to respond to everyone. I do my best to treat everyone courteously and with respect. And I hear from a lot of people that they feel comfortable with me. My story touches them. And because of that, they may jump into the relationship with me too soon, too fast. So what this guy did is, and he, and he made a big mistake, I'm going to explain what he did first, and then I'm going to explain why it could be potentially a horrifying mistake. He sent me his street address. So I know where this guy lives. And it's, honestly, it's, it's, it's within maybe six hours driving distance from me, which is nothing here in the U.S. I could actually take a, a, a train and be there within two hours, maybe a little bit more. But on top of that, he sent me a picture of himself, which was good, which is what I asked for, you know, because it really does help me to write somebody when I can picture their face, when I can put a face to a name, you know, because then that person becomes real to me. I don't know why that helps me to write, but it does. But he sent me a picture of his wife, and he sent me a picture of his daughter, and he sent me a picture of his son. Now, his son is around 13 or 14 years old, and his daughter is 11. You have guys in prison that just because you look them up on the Internet and find out, yeah, they're in prison for drugs, they're in prison for stealing a car, they might be in prison for, you know, assault and battery, you know, something of that nature, something that we call, you know, in prison we kind of consider more along the lines of an innocent crime. You know, it's, it's not that bad. It's like, eh, yeah, you did something stupid, man, but you ain't really a criminal. But yet, they've raped before. They've molested children before. You never know. You never, ever know. So until you find the time to really get to know the prisoner, like you spend a year or more talking to them, conversating with them, don't share personal pictures like that. Don't give out your street address. I cannot express this enough because what if this scenario right here happens? What if this guy is a sexual predator? What if he has that in him? What if he's done it before? What if he hasn't been caught before? What if he didn't even know that was in him until he saw the picture of your wife or your daughter? And what if he gets out of prison in a year or two? And he comes up to where you live because he now has your address. He knows where you live. And he harms your daughter. He rapes your wife. He does something to you. He robs you. Or who knows what, 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 what a person is truly capable of until they've been tested and put in that position. That's my fear. It humbles me. It means the world to me when y'all trust me, when y'all reach out to me. I can't even verbally express how much that means to me. There aren't words in any human language that I could possibly speak or learn to speak that truly expresses what it means to me that y'all trust me.
that y'all believe in me, that y'all have faith in me. But I would rather nobody reach out to me, don't believe in me, don't have faith in me, if it meant keeping you and your family safe. You are responsible for your family's safety. And I'm not even just talking about reaching out to a prisoner. When it comes to social media, when it comes to YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, look, people, protect your family. And I'm going to give you an example, a real-life example of why you should never, ever put yourself in a vulnerable position by giving out personal information until you have come to completely and utterly trust a person and you've tested them on numerous occasions at least 10 times before you give them personal information about yourself, especially prisoners. There's this guy. I can't remember his nickname because it's, it's been like, it's been several years since I've been around this guy. And when I was around him, I was in solitary confinement. I wasn't in general population. This guy is so obsessed with Kim Kardashian. I mean, he is so freaking obsessed with her. It is, it is terrifyingly scary. And he says whatever he gets out of prison, he is going to wherever Kim Kardashian happens to be. And he's going to rape her. And he will kill her bodyguards. And he is going to rape her. Like, he fantasizes about this. He daydreams about this. He masturbates to the image of himself raping her, forcing her. Like, this turns him on in ways that... Because when I tell you this cat is legitimate, like, he is really sincerely going to rape her? I'm not exaggerating. This dude brags about it to anyone and everyone whom he will talk to. You have guys like that in prison. And bad stuff doesn't just happen to celebrities only. Ordinary women get fixated on a lot. Ordinary women get raped every single day. I don't know what the statistics are. I don't know how many women get raped every day simply in the United States alone, much less the world. But this is what some people are. Some people have such an inferiority complex that they have to make everything about them. They have to have that God complex. They have to dominate someone. They have to put someone in their place. Don't put yourself in that position. Look, I encourage people to write prisoners. Y'all have no idea. My friends make my life worth living. They make my life bearable. When it gets intolerable in here, and trust me when I tell you, it gets intolerable in here far, far too often for me. My friends comfort me. I, I, I think about them. I'll daydream about going up and spending time with my buddy uh, Michael and Giovanna, his fiance, on their horse farm. You know, and I think about helping them to work on their farm, put up some new fencing, clear some new acres, or do whatever. Like, I daydream about that. I daydream about going to Dublin, Ireland, and working out with my buddy Paulie, having a Guinness, 
you know, I daydream about going and spending time with Michael and Julian in the park in Australia. Like, that stuff comforts me. It helps me. It helps me to get through the day. It helps me to keep my mind focused. It helps me to stay on that path that I'm on. And not just them, but, you know, all my other friends, Auntie and John and Ava and Charlotte and, you know, and some of the new friends that, you know, just reached out to me. And, and this guy, like, the guy, the, the reason why I'm doing this podcast, like, I like this guy. I think this guy's a really cool dude. He's really interesting. He's got a good look to him. He's got a good family. Like, that inspires me, which is why I'm doing this. Look, reach out to people. But if you don't, if you can't send in emails, if you can't get on JPay or some other prison email platform, depending on what state they're in or what country they're in, and you have to send them a handwritten letter, or you you just simply enjoy handwritten letters, I respect that. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But go to the post office and rent a post office box specifically for this purpose. It costs you 6 or $7 a month to have this. So you're talking around 70 80 bucks a year. Yeah, you know, it sucks. But would you rather spend that money, help a prisoner, and keep your family safe, or put your family in a vulnerable position? I'm grateful for the friends. I'm grateful for the emotional and mental support. It means the world to me, and I don't ever, ever want to go back to a world to where I don't have that because it means that much to me. I care that much about y'all. But if it meant keeping you and your family safe, if it meant keeping his 11-year-old daughter safe, you have one minute remaining. I would throw y'all to the side in a heartbeat if it meant keeping that little girl safe. People, please, use caution when you reach out to one of us because you never know whether you're going to get the good one or you're going to get the bad one. And you have some guys in here that are really, really, really good manipulators. Take a chance on us. I encourage you to do so, but do it smart and do it safe and take care of yourself and your family because nobody else is going to do it for you. But this has been Renna and Randy. I hope you enjoyed listening to me today. For those of you who listen to me on Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate it if you would view me and rate me, preferably five stars, but I'll take whatever you get. Don't forget to check out my website. I'm also on Twitter now, at Red Onion Randy. Take care. Stay safe. Thank you for using GTL.